Oh, you can't away that mouse mat. It's a piece of foam. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Deep Trout Spinners with Miles and Gary. How you doing, Gary? Uh, yeah, I'm not bad. You know, just busy. I mean, my, uh, we, Miles and I speak before we do the show, and Miles asked me how I was off air, and I started to give an answer that was more than three words long, and he, he literally said, I'll, "I'll stop you, Steve. You're boring me," which he always like from the office. He just he has no interest in how I am. So it's it's a rhetorical question whenever it's complicated it your, your life because it involves a lot of essays and big words. And yeah, but I know but a lot of, you like know, wind, winter. Wind, I'm doing a lot on Danish wind energy. Let's not get into that again. I Danish aunt, Auntie Nora. <laughs> um, yeah. How are you? How I've are been you watching playing? a lot of the um, far show recently. Oh, yeah. Well, they did that um, sort of comeback, didn't they? And it was yeah. not comeback. It was just a one off introduction to their old episodes. And I've seen part of it. And it's uh, they hold up yeah. so well. Just those those shows, the, the short, sharp sketches. And you realize like how like groundbreaking that show was the fact that a sketch would start and then it would just sort of end like obviously the fast, fast element of it. But it would often just end like mid sketch. Like that was such a brave thing to do. And Obviously, you're reminded of that time, like how much uh, interest and work was being made, like in the 90s, and how much more sort of frivolous kind of budgets were and like TV productions. It was just so. It was do you a think different they were time. The first, do you think they were the first? I mean, you're probably right. I've never thought about the first to kind of do that. What I would call add add absurdity to the just trying to be funny in a, in sketches uh, what other sketch shows were there before that i don't think there were ones done big train was what was very absurd and brilliant with it but the far show i think is it's the better show but it's a better show but but, but big train often, i can recommend well, often said like because sketch shows kind of the whole kind of thing is like moved online isn't it it's, you you think of it like short form like mobile uh content that you watch like when you're on the commute or something like those shows don't really get commissioned anymore you know so the Michelin web thing I think that was kind of the last thing I know like there's been a few like rubbish ones like you know David Williams and friends and rubbish like oh, that but, um uh James Corden and uh, Matt Horn yeah. who are both individually very talented did a really shit one uh, yeah really, uh but you're, you're probably right sketch shows you know aren't commissioned as much because everything we watch is done as a sketch now like if someone's got a sketch idea in their head they just put it on facebook and some some of them get in the millions of views some some don't get any um if they're anything like my tweets they don't get any any <laughs> or any, any but um yeah uh, it's uh yeah it's a shame because we both we both like sketch comedy and uh but yeah so anyway to come off that are you okay in general <laughs> i've i've actually well, i've well? also been ironing now because a lot of my shirts now are creased now you're talking about 30 years old it it kind of did give me some satisfaction to wear a shirt that didn't have a crease or you know that fold in the middle and i felt a bit new for them for the moment ironing Um, is one thing i don't do i just do not iron unless it's a funeral i don't (laughs) iron for special occasions 
No, but otherwise, no, we're all good. I'm excited to do this podcast. Um, and I'm excited to do this episode, which is episode 32, 29th of March, 2003. Ricky and Stephen are adamant that Carl should appear on the show's poster and more interest groups are offended. I'll put a link to uh, the, the relevant episode in the description. So do do check it out and come back for the debrief. Welcome back. <laughs> Um, hi, how was the show? You know, did you enjoy it? We're going to discuss it now. Let's let's sort of um, twist the usual format, and I'm going to ask you. I did this last week as well, but what are your initial thoughts of the episode? It's not my favourite, if I'm honest. There's bits of it that I that I like, but but definitely one that I wouldn't like choose to listen to. Uh, there's there's good bits like this is the first cheeky freak of the week. This is the end of cheapest chimps as well. <laughs> like it's ending because it's not. It's the ending. The beginning was last week. So. So it's not like a long-running feature, but I, I wish you would have done more cheapest chips. That was I love that that one, especially this one when, he's, when he talks about their website. I don't want to give it a plug about yeah. these poachers, Carl. Zoos have got boredom, and it's, it's like a, I love that line. It's it's very subtle, and he kind of it's just a throwaway line. It's like what zoos have got boredom, <laughs> like just the thought of that zoos getting bored. I what website was he on though to, to I know, find out how much? I've often thought of that because I've looked online to how I, if I can buy a tiger or something, and it doesn't seem to not because I want one, but because I'm sort of validating what Carl, Carl did. But um, yeah, crazy website, but um, yeah, R.I.P. Cheapest chimps. <laughs> um, maybe I'll iron my shirt for the funeral. The Chinatown chat is great, and and actually I I think that's probably a thought that a lot of us have had. <laughs> like you, you want it to be more impressive than it is and you go there and it's just a road with some restaurants <laughs> and okay they've got like the chinese lanterns but like ricky says you want to hear a gong and and it is funny because there is a few betting shops as well there are a few betting shops because i've been there like it's Steve in another episode he goes up some tourists came up to me because this, this chat comes up time and time again and he says um, some tourists came up and said can you tell me the way to Chinatown and he said oh, I couldn't be bothered he said there's nothing there don't bother go to Garfunkel's have some delicious sausage yeah, and mash go to, go to Garfunkel's that, that's a great that <laughs> Ricky laugh is one of my favourites have you ever been to Garfunkel's seriously has anyone yeah. Aberdeen Angus Steakhouse and Garfunkel's don't know anyone that's ever been to any of those I have, and they, I've they're been everywhere I've been so you do know something um, have you, well, what the Aberdeen Oh, no, the, I went been to Garfunkel's. I went with my grandpa. What? what? Just, would you go? I don't know. It was just like, I don't know. I didn't choose. but Pizza Express shot. What, what? It was, uh, and also with my ex-girlfriend, an ex-girlfriend who isn't Daisy's, another ex-girlfriend, went to the Aberdeen Angus Steakhouse. It's just it's true, honestly. And the service was terrible. It, I, I, we, we were waiting for literally half an hour 40 minutes for each course, everything, even a drink, um, took so much time. So at the end, I instead of leaving no tip, I left them. I I found three one pence pieces. You are joking. I left three one pence. And I'll tell you this, I have never done that before. And I was doing what? it because I was, it was, it, I, I'm aware of how insulting that is. It's more insulting than leaving no tip. You're if you to that insult them. Like yeah, but they, they were terrible service, you know. You, well, you, they, they, they're definitely not going to sponsor this podcast now, if you're listening, Garfunkel. Well, they've got enough money because they've got my 3Ps, <laughs> which is on, with uh, inflation is probably worth 4P now. So, But, yeah, that this was going back 10 years. But, yeah, they, they weren't impressive. Anyway, we've Gary's thoughts on Garfunkel's. <laughs> Next, I'll always I'll do a chain restaurant every week. There's a different <laughs> chain restaurant. You no, talking about you know, offending people, like 
in this episode, Ricky sort of makes a throwaway remark at it and he says, like, so many interest groups were offended this week, like Chinese people. Yeah, yeah, Welsh. Women, Welsh people, don't put the Welsh in twice, is one of the best lines ever. Yeah. So quick, Elvis fans, fans of great music. And um, I actually did put a tweet out, um, which was asking people, what do you think would would cause like the most offence, or like not not just this show, but for all the shows, like what do you think is the naughtiest thing they've ever said? So we'll get to that later in XFM the community. Good, that's a good. I thought you were gonna do that. That's that's perfect because you want to keep them hanging. So yeah. we're also coming up our favourite quotes, uh, which we always do. But um, yeah, so we got that. Chap, you kind of think it kind of verges on being a bit naughty, and until when. Carl gets in touch. He says, "Few things annoy me. If you're gonna have a Chinese restaurant, don't have one where there's loads of others. You do. You, when you go to Chinatown, you're like, there's just too yeah. many. This you can't. If you yeah. decide on one, what's the best one? Like especially now when you're like, you get really obsessive when you look at restaurants. Don't you? you always check like the ratings, like how good it is? Yeah, I didn't. I I went to Chinatown a few months ago. The last time I was up in London, it was just at the beginning of COVID, and and it wasn't absolutely. There's nowhere near anything like it was. People didn't realise. So I was kind of thought, I'll go to China. Genuinely, I thought I'll go to Chinatown to show a bit of solidarity with the Chinese community because they're being. It's like no, because they're being like people who are abusing them and things like that. But anyway, was, it's you fine. stood you stood next to a Chinese. Chinese Chinese uh, and you went also and then you you went all right i'm with you i'm with you on that one um mr yang you and me (laughs) but um no i i it is hard to choose but i went into one sat down and i was like can i have chicken chow mein he's like we don't do chicken chow mein i left and then i went to another one as long as they do chicken chow mein i i yeah i i just chicken chow mein anyway it was good i i like it carl's thought that why if you've got a chinese restaurant don't put it where there's other chinese restaurants is kind of it's an understandable kind of thought that you know it's not like a, a really out, outwardly stupid thing but ricky is totally right it's obviously a community like you have the chinese community you have and i know i'm not being flippant here but they you have the gay community very close to them they are interchangeable and not one homogenous sort of group but communities like to kind of be based near each other so that's why you have the restaurants near each other but i i agree with him it's it's hard to choose but you just you just choose you just go and choose you i was actually looking for one when i was up there with dead ducks hanging in the window not because i ordered duck at all or i've injured but and there were some with some dead ducks hanging and i i i nearly went in those ones but i didn't but um Carl's, and then you went Carl's to you went to duck's tongue the propri- proprietor and you said Usually I'll put my good stuff in the window. Usually put my good stuff in the window. No, Carl's very good on the China um, town bit. He's just everything he says kind of hits on the mark. Especially uh, the last yeah, thing when he says <laughs> he says yeah. talking about the little wooden shoes. He goes, "There's always oil and lard in the." Yeah, they use water. He's quite specific. They use water, which yeah, that wouldn't wouldn't kind of get rid of the lard. That's one thing about Chinatown I don't haven't noticed that they say is I've never noticed the lard on the floor. Have you? I've never seen like a block of lard. <laughs> no, but it's not a lot. Like it's like I know what you mean. Uh, not really. I can't say that was a particular thought, but I do feel is it is pretty underwhelming. But then I don't really know what I was expecting. Like a red no, I, dragon. I, I under- the-, the first time I went to Chinatown, it was overwhelming. It was it was massive. It was a huge thing because I was very small. And again, it was with my grandpa, who I went to Garfunkel's with. Um, yeah, on a Happy different holidays. Situation. 
but um yeah it was it was kind of huge but it's only really two three streets gerald street and a couple of other streets but obviously we're being quite uh, quite uk centric here if you do live in other uh, countries actually i'll be interested because almost every country has a city in it at least one city that has a chinatown because the chinese community have gone far and wide which is a great thing the chinese lads Chinese fans. But but I just wonder what the Chinatown is like in your area. Let us know. <laughs> what a specific request. I know, but uh, you know, we're here to make specific requests. That's so like can... that's like Ricky at the end when he says, um, do we want to know what 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 happens at a bar mitzvah? It's like, do we really want to know that? Do we care about that? Um, you get some insights into what it was like to be Ricky in his younger days, like, and he's, he's talking about his fashion disasters, isn't he? Like the bull, bullshit sweatshirt, painted on the lapel, a little acid. Yes, it is an interesting to get insights into Ricky's past because I think Steve and Carl kind of talk about their pasts more openly, actually, than Ricky. Now, it's not that Ricky doesn't do it, he just doesn't do it as much in these shows. And he does do it, as I say, but not as much. And it's so it's always nice to get a little insight into ricky's kind of not childhood but it's kind of formative years yeah. um because he had that completely different career in shauna dancing and you think how does someone in a sort of that kind of music duo that's so specific end up being the biggest comedian in the world or I know, and even, even a comedian you know so well i think ricky's like someone that was like just genuinely quite a lucky person like in terms of the opportunities got like obviously being the events manager at you at ulu and then uh, moving into XFM all, and all the work that went with that. I think he managed um, Suede at some at some stage. So he's and then then obviously to make a telly show when you're like 36, 37, 38. I can't remember how old. He is quite lucky, but obviously you do have all those years in your 20s where you don't really do anything. You just like get by and you sort of live on the dole and and you sort of as as he did, you know. But he does. Yeah. He's got like a few recycled anecdotes when he does talk about himself, like in he other. He does examples. talk about himself sometimes. I know. I wasn't I think saying. He, he talks about like the caravan story of his nan and you know living in that dank yeah. uh, flat in London and urinating yeah. down I like the it, but It's kind of it's it's kind of hopeful <laughs> a hopeful message that he was he was kind of in terms of media nothing. And then he went from nothing to so much in his sort of mid thirties, which is quite rare. But I would, I would, I wouldn't say he's he's lucky. He might have had some luck to do with timings and things like that. But basically, he's earned everything he's got. Oh, you know, oh, he's earned everything. There's a big, a big part of the the episode that doesn't swing me, to be honest, is the the complaint discussion. You know, when he's talking about like what's the most offensive thing, and it was Anne Robertson putting the Welsh, and also the the baby Jesus. Uh, they don't really land for me but it's the... not the most interesting chat for me i and i i obviously i i promise you hopefully listeners know by now i don't just we don't just agree with each other for the sake of it but i just happen it happens on that one i i do agree with you there it's not i don't find anything of, of that offensive if that's what you're saying you find it but i just don't find it that funny it's just not that funny a chat it's like when they're talking about boxing before you know in, in previous episodes the boxing chat it just doesn't do it for me it's not I, I find it okay I, I find the episode overall it's it's probably in the top third but yeah. it's the lower end of the top third if for me roughly that's well, those, the, 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 the things the sort of springboards from the the complaints chat are really funny like when he talks about uh, his dad retiring in Wales and the, you know him nicking from phone boxes. That I'm amazed. That's that, classic. Yeah, that's a, that's a great anecdote, and that that they bring that up time and time again, don't they? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but it's the, the idea that uh, there is such a thing as a phone box. But I think people were doing that in COVID, weren't they? When um people would leave, I think it was in um Brooklyn, and yeah. um, they left fridges out in the street with food in, so people could just grab food if they wanted something to eat because yeah. people were struggling to you know go out. It's natural human instinct that in in every as Carl says, as in every bunch you get a little snidey one, or you know, <laughs> but he doesn't quite say it. But it's true, you know. There are people who will always take advantage of stuff like that. And it's it's very sad, especially when it's for COVID. I didn't realise that happened, but uh, I, I assume you were going to say that people then stole the food and just, just took, no, the, it, took it, the whole fridge. But it would be hard not to do. I, mean, I probably would. No, I'm, I'm saying human nature. Most people wouldn't, but there are people who would. Yeah, it's kind of... Uh, it's luckily it's not something that I experience too often. I don't tend to leave my food on the street outside just for the sake of it because I, no. I've got no one to give it to because I'm I'm all alone. So <laughs> I have, no one leaves me food. I don't leave anyone food. That's the guarantee. Do a competition for a, a new housemate uh, yeah. coming up. If you got a razor, that would be good. <laughs> Shaving off the beard. Do you but, want to know what are the most complaint shows from off? Well, so um mars has done a bit of preparation now i can tell i can i can <laughs> I you, i'm gonna guess now am i so is this in the uk yeah possibly maybe something to do with susan boyle it's not not a bad guess but number one was um celebrity big brother when jade goody and um shil Pachetti when they had that oh when there's that did racist of, cat. did she say the n-word she no she said like she couldn't speak properly and to should fuck fuck off home Oh, yeah. oh, and she called her Shilpa Poppadon, which is just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Jade Goody was actually quite a divisive figure, wasn't she? I mean, she's. Yeah, I, I have mixed feelings about Jade Goody because, you know, I did watch Big Brother when she was in it. That, back in those days, I was an avid watcher of Big Brother. So, so I was, was I. Yeah. I, she'd done things like that racist that I, I could, cannot forgive that kind of thing. No, but, it's, so, it's but just... I was really defensive of her because there's people I know who were saying she's going to die, and she was like, trying to get as much money as she could before she died for her children you know by doing interviews and things she's public she's just seeking the public she can't get over the publicity i say she's literally dying she's just getting money for her children so actually i did find like she obviously has been through something and she's not here anymore that that she didn't deserve to go through so i have mixed feelings about her but she's 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 an interesting kind of character. How did we get onto Jade Goody, by the way? <laughs> we're doing the most complaints. Oh, the most complaints. Okay, well, you should have done them in reverse order. That would have been the professional thing to do. That would have been what Gary oh, would have That's why you should have done this feature. Yeah, I know. Well, I don't do features. Do you know what number second is? Do you know what number the yeah, second is? Yeah, what's the second? Peter Geddon, the Brass Eye episode. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was one of my favourites. That was one of my favourites. That's um, such a... um, Dr. Fox sitting down saying, and uh, I was say something like, it can come through the screen and the hand can grab you or something like that. Like, <laughs> no, they got... said paedophiles have got more in common with a crab. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, yeah. The crab that's... sitting there. Yeah. Um, and then there's a few more, like there's, there's something called Ghost Watch and Darren Brown's Seance. Um, oh, Ghost Watch, I remember. Oh, Julian Clary's um, fisting joke. Yeah, it's yeah. one of on Lamont. That was um, great. I love Julian Clary. But to do that at an award show, and actually, you know, when you see an award show and you're like, you've got a celebrity audience and there's someone on stage saying something funny and they cut to the audience and the audience are, are laughing or they're not laughing. Sometimes they're not. If they're laughing, they're laughing in a certain, they're just laughing up to a point. But I have never, if one, when you go to the cutaway, Martin Clunes is amongst these people. I've never seen an audience <laughs> laugh so much as they did at Julian Clary's fisting joke. 
because yeah, then he said talk because you know you know the chancellor has a red box that he does he delivers the statement in yeah anyway, that's important for, i know you're drifting off already <laughs> but, and then his julia and clary's next line which is often not not which is often forgotten was talk about a red box after the fisting line <laughs> which is i know we should we're getting a bit naughty here but we're only doing it's julian it's not it's not the worst joke in the, in the world box. it's a good no, but it's, to do that on to, on that, I know, I know. Well, you forget, you, when you talk about like complaints, stuff, it is weird that um, XFM never got any complaints. They 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 had that one upheld one about saying. Cop. We, don't, we don't know if XFM didn't get any complaints at all. Like XFM in general, maybe other shows did. Get oh no, I did. A, I did a little bit of research. Oh, he's oh, sorry. He's still in his prep. I didn't realise he's embarrassed me. <laughs> this this is what for, what someone on um the Reddit thread said. Um, I do recommend everyone goes to the Red Thread. If you're a fan of the show, you can find those memes. Not and all quotes. the Red Threads. <laughs> but more importantly, you should follow <laughs> at Spinners Podcast. That's better. Yeah, this is, someone said, it all falls down to how each individual station res- responds to Ofcom complaints, which are not particularly powerful in the first place. XFM, for example, along with Kerrang, never took such complaints seriously, whereas Radio 1 received complaints during a similar period and immediately stamped out the problem. If indeed there was one... Secondly, hardly anyone would complain about the Ricky Gervais show due to the fan base and listeners knowing exactly what kind of drivel to expect from a Tim yeah, Pop that's, radio. Yeah, that's very true to both of those things. The first point, actually, we interviewed Andrew Phillips. Check it out, actually. It's an episode, I think, about 20, something around then. But, you know, you just get the vibe of Andrew Phillips, you know, from interviewing him that he wouldn't have taken those complaints very seriously. And oh, not he didn't not. say it specifically, but you just get that vibe. And the second thing is, yeah, if you put the Ricky Gervais show on Radio 2, just one episode, <laughs> just out one one week, it would it would be hugely complained about. But that's the other thing about complaints is that a commercial radio station like XFM can kind of do what they want within a certain context, you know. Yeah, commercial stations, yeah. can kind of, but the BBC, well, technically the BBC could do what it wants as well, but it will always choose to, to pursue complaints very actively and be like, oh, we, we're going to stamp this out straight away because that's just the way the BBC are and it's, you know, God bless them for it, but they're well, just I, different. I think when, when it comes to complaints, well, you think about what happened recently with the proms, um not not playing the uh i mean it's ridiculous that is such a it's such a mute point it's such a non-point and everyone believed that for the wrong reasons and that wasn't actually the case they they said they weren't going to show up because it's usually meant to be performed with a with a full audience and it'll be ridiculous but once you plant that seed that said oh it's because they're anti um uh, patriotic it's like no 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 no. why don't you do a little bit of research why don't why would anyone it's such a non-point why so sad yeah irrelevant people or people who are sadly relevant but people who like say i'm not just talking about the farages he's obviously one of them but he is relevant sadly but the sad pathetic little irrelevant people who all go through life seeing themselves be put down by other people and by other things and they're not but they see it they see they see conflict at every turn everything has to be personal almost to them they want it because it's patriotic so the fact they're not doing it is definitely because they don't want to be patriotic and it's against me personally and they're sad little people who think that and sadly there are lots of them and you know they kind of and the bbc is often used as a pawn in things like this that to do with patriotic and anti-patriotic things and in memes and in all sorts of things and but the bbc you know it 
it gets that reputation partly because it did deal with complaints and it does deal with complaints too forcefully probably but that's a minor criticism you know it doesn't mean it's unpatriotic or anything like that it's just there's no social media back then so but now obviously that's that was a particular story that that would have been trending for weeks and weeks and there would have been loads of news stories on online about it and I think people are are more easily offended now because of I don't know maybe woke culture I mean that's that, that that's know, a whole other debate now like, yeah you know, we've, we've kind of had a bit of that debate on another show but are, I think that are people easily more offended it's, it's easy to say that and I'm not saying it's wrong but people might take offense now but people anatomically and physiologically and psychologically are the same people as they were 10 years ago nothing's kind of changed so they take as much offense as they took previously it's just i think more people are more less reluctant to say they take offense maybe but it's, it can't be that more people take offense to things because people are the same people you know they're not not life-changing yeah, but, con- yeah, but context changes doesn't it the context changes but the people don't what i'm saying is if you're taking things that are roughly equal in two, one in 2003 one in 20 2020 why would someone be more offended in 2020 there's no they're the same people obviously the context changes i know but anyway it's just a maybe that's a debate to have for another show but do let us know your general thoughts apart from more specifics later that we'll come to um on the episode let us know what if you liked it i kind of yeah you see it's not one of your favorites it's not one of my favorites but it's not a bad episode certainly i think we've reviewed worse so far but as i've always said to you mark commode is the one who said this first you know if he is film reviewer in the uk he always says if if a comedy film has six laughs it's done really well so it's you know it's a good film well and it counts it, as a comedy if it's got six laughs well no he says it's a great comedy as yeah, well it's, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. really good reflection on it so even the ones that aren't my favorites like this one still have great moments and, and we we do our favorite quotes during the show i've got uh three four i've got about 11 which i'll have to edit down but <laughs> so there was there are still very funny moments in it and if you take it and compare it to most radio shows it's a great show but if you compare it to the rest of their body of work on the Ricky oh, yeah. it's not one of the better ones no but, but it's, it's got a, it's got a great songs of phrase that my auntie had wind for five minutes for five minutes <laughs> yeah I, I i mean the songs of phrases maybe maybe it's up there only my favorite feature because he does it so well like even the one where they actually really properly have a go at him and it's really unfair which is coming up in a few weeks when there's a lot of tension in the show anyway it's like my neighbor had Horse. My neighbor had a horse in the house. <laughs> I just love Ricky's. What? What was that? This is brilliant. This. No, it's yeah. not. He says, "How?" Oh, I love that episode for all the right great. reasons. It's great. It's great. But we'll we'll be coming to that in the next few weeks. Stay tuned. Um, should we take a little break? Yeah, I think so. That sounds. That that's a natural pause. I'd say in in the for the next section. Yeah. Thanks for <laughs> talking through your thought process there. Maybe leave some of that hidden. Shows a bit of class. But anyway, go on, you do what you want. <laughs> and so you basically just experience that break almost real time. Because usually we do have a break and we do some things. But Miles said to me, um, should we just get off straight on, Vic? Because I've, I've actually ordered some food, so... I've got some fish and chips on the way, Gary. I've got, you know, priority. 
So we, we, we actually, we almost didn't have a break, but, you know, I don't know how to cope. Aren't I required to have a 15-minute break by law? No, where he talks about Prince and he says, like, he played for three hours, didn't even have a break. And then Ricky's like, imagine having a break, just sitting, having a coffee, saying, I've got 10 minutes by law. But no, we, di- we didn't really have a break. And as I say, Mars has got his, he's got his food coming. And actually, the minute Mars said the word fish and chips to me, he said it off air, I thought, I want fish and chips now, so I yeah. might deficient i thought do you know i've spent so much money on Deliveroo and oh my god so the the money that you would have spent down the pub you just end up spending the money that you wouldn't make you save (laughs) save by going to Deliveroo. i have had a few little socials this week actually i I love when people say um you know with this rule of six now and they said you can't go to the pub or any social gatherings with more than six people i was like I didn't even know six people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that does not, that is not something that is going to affect me at all. I can tell you that. It says, oh, at most, maybe three. Yeah, unless they unless they bring in a rule that you're not allowed to go to the pub without anyone. That's that's the one that's going to, like, you've got to have company or else, you know, you can't go to a pub or you can't go to a shop or restaurant. That's that that's the rule that will kill me because I, oh. I, I do everything on my own. Well, I but, don't yeah. really go to the pub on my own. Like, I would do it. But I don't think I'm there yet. <laughs> yeah. If you're, if you're, no, if you're uh, listening f- from another country, Mars is referring to new uh, COVID laws. So, boy, in the, you can only have six people in a sort of bubble. I'll tell you why, though, brought that up, because why I don't want to go out of all the six people is because you, you think that you're not going to run out of conversation. But you know when someone produces a deck of cards that you're in for a particularly torturous evening. Well, I This happened to you? Yeah. And Wait. it's just like we went round to someone else, someone's flat after going to the pub and um, we were like still talking now and then like, oh, we should play a game. And the moment someone says that, I'm just like, oh, for f- yeah, forced but, and they fun. forced fun and playing cards. I hate if I was to do Room 101, playing cards are going straight in there. Hate them. Hate games. Hate magic tricks with cards. Hate drinking you games. You know my number one for Room 101? Miserable bastards who don't like card games. You would not enjoy that. No, I wouldn't enjoy it. I, I agree with you. I am that miserable bastard. But um, I've had some fun with cards. But in general, no. Not if I'm on a night out. Not if I'm having a drink and things. Yeah. You know, I I like, as you know, I like going to the pub with one or two, three three people max. You know, and I as as you say, which is a good line. Like I don't even hardly even know three people, but I do. I do know people, but I I wouldn't like to get two sort of different groups of friends together. I just want to be with one sort of section of friends, whether that's one or two people. I just want a small group. I'm I'm too old now to have the I used to go to a pub with like lots and lots of people at once and it was a busy pub and it was it was noisy but it's fine, you know, and I could hear everything, but now I can't hear. You're gonna get titanus soon or something like that. I, yeah, we we will well I was thinking we, this, we, we're sounding a lot more like Cole Pilkington when he goes, friends are annoying. Yeah, friends are, I know I know, I know. It, we are but he, he's saying he never do anything with more than six people, does he it's say? True. Six people, and that's you know, it's, it's absolutely true. There are some wisdoms and jewels in in Carl's uh, stupidity, and that's one of them. And it's not all being miserable. I I will uh, maybe it is, but I am miserable then as well. But yeah, so Mars, you've had fun with cards this week. What game did you play, incidentally? A game called Spoons. <laughs> okay. It's like it's like it's fast. involved holding each other. <laughs> It's, a, it's like Snap, but with more than two players. And it was just unbelievably oh God, bland. Because I, I get quite competitive if I'm playing a game. He does, he does. And um, I get annoyed if I don't win. 
But it's annoying when I should, I want to be able to take part, but I hate, hate cards. But I, I could imagine you, like, being there. I'm just imagining it right now. And I bet you, if if you, if there was a fly on the wall or an outside observer, they would say, that, and, and you asked them, who was the most interested person in the game of cards? I bet they'd say you, because I bet you portrayed yourself as being incredible. Oh, yeah, I was an, abs- I was an absolute joy. What did you say at the time? Ray Bentos. Um, Welcome back to the Detroit Spinners podcast with Mars and Gary or the Miserable Bastard Experience. Bastard Express show. (laughs) You had some thoughts you wanted to add? There was a couple of things. There are only minor things. When he's doing that spray, ski, you know, that Superman. Superman. That's very nostalgic for me. Is it in Superman? I can't remember. Because we used to go to Butlins or Pontins. Oh, same. Yeah. And they used to play it all the time, especially the last night, which is why I like Ricky's story about the Redcoats and them crying when, you know, it's the last night, because I can kind of relate to that as well. But we used to do the spray, ski, I can't remember the words or or the tune, but we used to do that. So that's quite nostalgic for me. No, it was Superman. Oh, yeah, Superman, because then they had, I am the music man, I come from far away and I can play. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. They had a really weird song as well, Black Lace, called... um, we're having a gangbang. What? <laughs> and it was like, yeah, the lyrics were like, we're having a gangbang, we're having a ball, we're having yeah, a gangbang against the wall. Yeah, oh, it was really? so weird. But in oh, fact, they said they're quite family friendly, aren't they? They didn't play that at Butlins. <laughs> but, um, Maybe yeah. they did in your parents' room, though. I don't know. Yeah, well, no, I don't think there's any banging going on. That's just... Um, that's a that's a whole other story for another day. But um, the only other thing I was saying was like they, they were talking about Carl's putting his being on the poster, I think, or getting his photo yeah. out there. And just think, there was a time before we know when you're listening to these shows now, we all know exactly what you can picture. Carl Pilkington, literally speaking, we can picture exactly what he looks like. But for the listeners at the time, think and because it was pre kind of mass internet there imagine there being no photos of carl it's like it's a weird thing to put yourself in a position where you're taking away some knowledge that you've got that is so fundamental to kind of that is so obvious to you now but there was a time before we knew what carl looked like or anyone knew what carl looked like so if you were a listener at the time you might think he's fat you'd have literally imagine listening and having no idea what carpet it's just a it's just it was just a little point because it's kind of it it puts you in a place i i remember like i because we both love radio and i particularly enjoy radio and i listened to a lot of shows on talksport actually around this time when you often ask me what i'm doing that particular week it probably would have been listening to talksport around those times like 2001 i discovered it and I remember when I eventually found out, like, if I'd been listening to show for a while, I found out what someone looked like. And it was such a freaky experience. It's like, oh, my God, I, I didn't they look like that. Like, I cannot believe that. And with with Carl, it would have been the same. But we we all know him now and know exactly what it looks like. But uh, there would have been a It's time. a different level of fame as well, isn't it, when you're when you're on the radio? Because it's quite, it's quite exciting hearing that recognisable voice as opposed to seeing someone. Because I remember the first time... This is sad, actually. I, I do actually remember the first time that I was introduced to Cole Pilkington and it was that DVD extra, the Meet Cole Pilkington on the Politics DVD where they... What do you mean sad? That's not sad. It's, <laughs> it's, just, not, just, no, it's just... It's like... Yeah, but I'm talking about key moments sad that you can life. remember it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they go through, like, key things like race, disability. That's when he comes out with these, like, absolute diamonds, like... um 
you know, you never see an old man eating a Twix. Chinese don't age well. Uh, then he brings in his little book, his FHM freak book, and it's got the little fellow with yeah, the yeah, aging yeah. disease. I've never, having no previous, like, no understanding of who he was. I didn't know that he was involved with the radio. I just knew it was just a DVD extra. But I, I just was in absolute stitches that whole time. Yeah. Just, I, I've never, I've never found anyone so funny as that, that... Well, that's such a great clip. I'll put it in the the bio so everyone can. Yeah, so, I mean, I was introduced to him in a similar kind of way. It was it was also it was like a talking head thing, and it was Ricky and Steve comedy connections, and Ricky and Steve were the subject of the show, and Carl was just a talking head. So it wasn't as funny as the the extras thing, I know, but it was kind of introduced to him in that way. But what I mean, most of us listeners, I think, and it, it's very different being introduced to someone in that way. So you see them and you hear them. But when you're introduced to someone where you just hear them now, these days you could hear any radio show and Google and you'll get an image of someone straight yeah. away. But there's very few shows where you you have that experience where you listen to someone maybe for a few weeks, months, and you don't know what they look like. And then you find out. But as I say, we most I think most of the listeners to this show and certainly us too, we were introduced to Carl sight and sound at the same time and it's just it's just a little point that it's kind of it's very different when you when you're not introduced to someone in that way and back that in those days it wasn't like ancient times but back in those days it, it did used to be like that if 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 carl hadn't put a particular photo out or, or wasn't on the poster there was no other way to see him so and it, it must have well, been but... strange it must have been strange because again a lot of the listeners say he's fat or, or say they think he looks fat and you know, it will be a shock for those listeners and any listeners to actually see Carl Pilkington. But we we will never have that shock because we we saw him and heard him at the same time. His look is so central to his comedy as well. Not just what he says, but his expression, the way he looks. That's obviously. what I mean. But there were times yeah. no one even knew what he looked like. Know, now, every so single mad. person knows what Carl... Every single person who's aware of Carl Pilkington knows what he looks like. Whereas back then, everyone who was aware of him, everyone didn't know what he looks like and it was a much 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 smaller amount of people but that no none of them literally none of them other than people who worked at the station knew what he looked like yeah. so it's just and and it's it's more important about radio like we'll never kind of have those times again because there's googleable googleable images of people everyone i, I don't I, except us <laughs> i think but yeah but um should we go come on to our favorite quotes i'd love to yeah love to i'm going to start off because i know you'll probably have this one and this is one of my favorite ones to say and i tried to write it down as ricky says it and it's almost impossible to put the punctuation in because <laughs> you can't just but it's and mystique are dropping in yeah we often exchange that between ourselves and mystique are dropping in <laughs> just it, he kind of he kind of drops his words as he's saying it he's, i just love it well to snowball on that one i've got like a. Uh... I've got an amusing sketch about a fly. That's said in, like he's got that classic like Ricky Slur. I've 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 had a habit in favourite quotes section for the last few weeks to read out a quote that just because I love the way Ricky says it and, and Mystique are dropping in one of them, but more when he goes into his high pitchness and this is one of them. When will you learn? <laughs> that was like last week, wasn't it? You turned it off. It's good. It's good. Oh, Rutherford doesn't get a look in with Genesis. Genesis, I've actually got that. Oh. You can't go away that mouse, Matt. It's a piece of foam. There's always lard on the floor. Could I have half a pound of those sweets, please? 
Of course you can. They they are so strange those places, aren't they? Those yeah, he's and again Rick is so good at kind of immediate. He, he's 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 got a lot of depth of knowledge and the things subjects he knows about, but he's got a lot of breadth as well. Like he he'll inst- they mention those places and instantly be like he instantly puts together a little sketch in his head that he doesn't even do it in his head. He's doing it ad hoc as he's speaking, and it it does sound like one of those places. He can kind of instantly do that about most things, and yeah, that I think they're all equally good at improving. Like even stuff on the podcast you know when they do um kp plumbing like that's that's so great and so he, he goes because ricky will just give you a role he'll go okay you're the you own a business okay what you do blah, blah. and then they set it up so quickly same with um you know fangs but no fangs yeah well i disagree with you slightly and actually not all of their things hit for me not all of them are hits like they do this one about anti-war being and and you know you need a war I, don't, I just don't think that works but those ones were definitely planned the ones they do at the very beginning of the show are planned but the ones they do right in the middle of the show aren't planned and there's some really good ones but i still maintain i i disagree with you slightly i think ricky is better than certainly he's better than carl because uh, carl's not a great like ad libber like that he's great at an anecdote but not uh improv steve's good at it but ricky just has this habit even even when it's just one word or one line of a of of how a character that suddenly has been introduced in some way would have said it he's so good at that he he just and it's it's so underrated it's kind of one line whereas steve i don't think can do that but anyway it's good so uh, this is okay this is a joint one so it's carl then ricky says something and then the rest is carl so well i don't know you're an idiot postage and package included. includes it's good i don't really want to blow all my earth wind and fire before 10 all of that's that that's interesting about them being dj's i've got race by queen nines up and i've got cliff richard we don't talk anymore like, that's so yeah. brilliant we were talking about the episode in general as we always do earlier and we didn't we're going to mention that but i quite like their chat about djs in general not oh, just that, I like, that but, like it's quite interesting because they've all kind of had a different experience of it uh we've done normally put your good stuff in the window that's like a classic quote that will live with the episode forever um let's have a look you only had a very small part though didn't you oh let's go God. <laughs> well that he's um i tried for ages to try and find um his um credit in that internet movie database yeah it's not that, that it's been it's been um it's been obviously corrected the... donald mcintyre still got cheap as chimps as one of his credits <laughs> on his wikipedia page does, does he yeah, it's true. Exactly. Someone's obviously like changed it. My, la- my last one. There's clips of songs. What are the artists? Email in. Carl getting annoyed that no one's getting his songs a phrase. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just... He's just so blunt because you would be furious, though, wouldn't you? If you got you found the songs, you've edited them together. It sounds really good and no one fucking takes part. Well, that's, that's how I that's how I can empathise a little bit with that, with tweeting sometimes. Sometimes. But um, this is my favorite. I, I love this quote probably more than any in this episode. Um, and let me say, I don't know. I know it's sad, but I don't know what my next sentence is. That should be the end. That's a great little thing. Of That's so true. It doesn't, you know, I know it's sad, but we should play it anyway. No, you don't know what your next sentence is because there's nothing justifiable whatsoever that you can say. And exactly. As you said, that should be the end. And that's the end of favourite quotes. I was going to do that. I was so oh, I did it. excited to say that. We are, we're uh, fiercely competitive on this show with yeah. each other. And we, we have a lot of arguments off air. You don't hear them, but no, we don't. Really. <laughs> so now it's time for our final feature, which is XFM in the community, where we go through your feedback that you sent in uh, each week. And, and this week, I, I'll say just as a little, little preview to it. 
we have had some very nice emails feedback so thank you so much for getting in touch with us mars will tell you all the ways you can get in touch i don't understand technical <laughs> stuff at all but yeah those ways to get in touch are spinners podcast on twitter or spinners podcast at gmail.com and yeah we, we love hearing from you we love your tweets emails especially you know if you've got your favorite quotes or stories or anecdotes or First or, or one. you're mildly mildly interested in i think if if we set the bar at mildly interested we're likely to get a lot more emails if you say love there's very few people who are going to love it but you know. <laughs> the first one is from daisy harvey uh daisy's a detrouty she was she actually coined the phrase detrouty so oh, thank you so much she did she's she should get some royalties or a cut of the profits really <laughs> we've actually lost so we've we, we, we split the debt we've incurred by doing this podcast with daisy okay she says i know you joke about not having any listeners but i'm a big fan of the show and maybe one day i'll even listen to the dutch or otherwise episodes Thanks. which are also available on uh, all the yeah. ways you get your podcasts sometimes i think steve gets a bad rep for being mean in the show especially when talking about fat people and ricky comes off as nicer i think steve is partly saying it as a setup because ricky always feigns being nice and saying you can't say that but always follows it up with the same it's glandular no it's not it's greed joke I think it's worth noting in the early shows that a few times Ricky and Steve sing together and it's a great example of them at their best. I also wonder, do you think Carl's parents ever met Ricky and Steve? My two favourite quotes ever from the show are Steve talking about World War II's tapes he got and his dad saying, never forget son, I don't remember dad. The way he says it always makes me laugh and every time and another I'm sure everyone loves it, Ricky after hearing about Shed Saren. You are joking. You are love, joking. Yeah. <laughs> love the show. Thank you, Daisy. Lots of Thank good you, thoughts Daisy. in there. Really, really interesting email. I think that um, one thing I think, which is when you say Steve does get a bad rep for kind of um, having a go at fat people, I think it's one of those things I, I sometimes think is that and I, I, I'm being careful here how I say this. I'm, I'm not saying Steve is, I don't really use the word, you know, freak or anything like that. He's not. But when you are, have a physical, you are physically made up so that, you know, people are sadly going to take the piss, even your friends, even your closest friend, Ricky Gervais. You, you look abnormal in some way. And I'm not saying he looks terrible, but he just he, you kind of he's so tall and so thin that I think you are naturally going to take the you, you're going to kind of it's more acceptable for you to have a go at how other people look because you've had such a so much stick for the way you look in life. Anyway, that's slightly separate. But well, yeah, I, I, so to be honest everyone's said things that they regret and those those times usually happen when when you're younger and you're probably a bit more ignorant and you I would I would happily kind of let Steve and we have spoken about this before I think because I don't think he's got a bad word to say about anything and he probably would regret a lot of those things he said anyway it seems like quite a good time to pick it up actually because on Twitter I asked the spinners that's what I'm calling them this week the lads discuss upheld complaints on TV so the question is what do you think is the most offensive thing that said on the show and we had a few people get in touch uh, craig says but i'm just saying right why not give them their own toilets that's definitely something i i probably think yeah you definitely wouldn't get away with that now no <laughs> this one's from alex shaw steve suggesting that toilet attendants should get an illegal job mini cabbing so he doesn't feel uncomfortable if you make ricky nervous you know you must be close to the boat <laughs> yeah well the, the thing is with ricky is like ricky plays t these two roles and both these roles are completely opposing to each other so he will be absolutely the one who says the most offensive things and puts stuff out there 
and also like leads Carl up the path to say the most offensive things that he could possibly say when he could have managed the situation differently and, and tried to get Carl off saying that. I'm glad he did do that, by the way, because it's led to some comedy radio gold, which we all love. But Ricky also is the first one to say, oh, you can't say like he's the first one to play the role of like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't. Oh no no no! We can't go that. You can't say that. Like when well, they do that at the end of this episode, don't they? When they go, just what he called her, spotted. Yeah, I know. Oh, that, they, that's you know, that's you Ricky. Know. Is worse. Yeah, but um, that is Ricky completely encouraging Carl to say something he doesn't want to say. He really doesn't want to say. <laughs> the Wernham blog, uh, who um, they they they're the sort of fan podcast of the Office and Extras. Good, it's great. Give it give it a listen. They've got some great guests as well. So they don't try anything when you're sleeping. That was the from the quote from Nicholas. It says, if you've got a gay friend, yeah, yeah, yeah. can I make another suggestion? That's the most offensive thing I've ever said on the show. <laughs> when yeah. Steve says. Yeah, yeah. Um, Digsy also brought up the gay men in toilets. Average Joe says, uh, Steve, that's interesting. I'm a big fan of Moby Dick. Oh, yeah, the book Moby Dick. No, the medical condition. There's no innuendo. No, it's the horrible thing that used to swallow semen. <laughs> Yeah, that's really, yeah, they don't do that on the later episodes as much. They're not that kind of like overtly saying naughty words like that, like like innuendo. But yeah, so th- those are interesting um, replies to what people find m- most offensive. I don't know. It's hard. If I was to say myself, it's hard to kind of pinpoint the the most offensive thing but certainly lots is offensive but i think we all think that they kind of get away with it because they're so funny with it but just to come back to daisy's email because daisy made the the point where she asked if uh carl's parents had ever been introduced to ricky i absolutely don't think they have been i think that they probably don't see that much of each other now anyway and carl certainly doesn't seem to see a lot of his parents so um i don't think they how does not even see much of his brother and sister says yeah it's, it, well, it's, a car park. She said, I bought a yeah, kid <laughs> yeah I've got this. get bored after one but yeah so no I don't think they met but it'd certainly be interesting particularly with his dad well I uh, would have absolutely loved a fly on the wall you know Osborne's like life of the pill contest like Ricky suggested that would just be fascinating to see because I mean the Carl's bad but imagine what his parents are going to be like yeah, absolutely. Because you know, hints and, you know, about silly things they've done, soaring mattress, etc. Can you imagine how surreal it would be to meet them? Yeah, it would be weird. But, do you know, I think in reality, this is just my 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 take on it. I think if that was to happen, if we did see the fly on the wall, even if we went back to what it was previously, it wouldn't quite be what we'd expected. Like, it wouldn't be as crazy. Like, I think everyone does this with anecdotes about about things well a lot of people do including myself i'm sure i've done it you embellish mm-hmm. and i think a lot of the stuff about carl's parents are probably embellished it probably was a more normal upbringing than it seemed but carl carl was it's not a criticism that carl embellished the fact that he did if he did worked for for comedy gold it created comedy gold but it's, I think it would be more normal than we'd expect. It wouldn't be as yeah. quite real and everything. Well, and also the way you re- you recall memories. And when you when you retell a, an anecdote, yeah, you're right, you embellish. But memories also change as you get yeah, older. Yeah, that's true. Like you, you remember you remember things differently. And you know, I've definitely got like you know, I've probably got about four anecdotes in my whole life. <laughs> yeah. I've got I've got a few. He's like, saving anecdotes. them. He's saving them for Graham Norton. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I've got a few, and you're, you're surprised that every time I tell it, I saw it. They're always different. Yeah, it's slightly different. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, so it's not a lie. You're not lying as such. No. You are, and Carla, I don't think is lying. I mean, who's who's to say? It might be the fact that it, literally everything he described was exactly the same. But I just get the impression that it probably isn't, um, and there's some embellishment there. But as I say, we all kind of do it. But Anyway, um, any more feedback? This yes, week? so we've got one from Francis Cherry. That's a great oh, name, isn't it? Francis Francis. Now, I know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna pretend here that I haven't heard this before. I, I have read this, um, Francis. So before Mars even even gets to it, thank you so much for your email, and also thanks to Daisy as well. But really appreciate it, Francis. So anyway, go on. What are you gonna say? Here Mars? we go. I'm quite a recent convert to the XFM shows. I discovered them about a year ago and have been completely obsessed by them. It feels like I know every quote already off by heart. I discovered your podcast a few weeks ago and I'm loving it. I love the fact it's a year and you've only been a year. You're, you're going to yes. lose a lot more time, Francis. Yeah, but it's, it sounded like from what Francis is saying there that she listened to all of them already, which I think in, in a year there's certainly enough time to do so. But I just think... I'm jealous of her because, you know, the more you listen, yeah, th- there are certain shows that if you listen time and time again, yeah, you, you need a break from them. But if you're only a year in, you don't oh. need a break yet for about three years, you know, <laughs> but after about four years, you need a break. But yeah, she must I'll be you- uh, loving them. So I'll go on. You work very well together. I like how you both have different styles of presenting, yet you yet you blend so well together. Thank you. I've listened to a Thank few you. of your shows now and you explain your ideas about such as um Ricky or the dynamic all of the three of them have in a really interesting, thoughtful way that makes me consider totally new things that I hadn't thought about before. By the way, why did you not start a series one? What's your plan once you get to the end of series two? I actually love series three. It has my number one favourite moment in it, Carl being in Kez. So I kind of I, hope I'm, you keep going now. I'm with you there, I'm with you there, Francis. So I I kind of hope you keep going forwards for now. I can't wait for you to get there. And I'm also really looking forward to hearing both your takes on the episode in this series where Ricky and Steve aren't allowed to do their their swearing skit they'd planned. And it's a really tense between all of them. That show is still funny, but also quite dark. And I want to hear your two expert or XFM spurt. (laughs) <laughs> um, opinions on it overall wanted to say that i'm loving your shows guys thanks both for giving me a new show i can get obsessed about oh thank you your Carl. shows are giving me almost as much entertainment as the ricky gervais shows do i mean nothing could ever top them but you comes pretty close and that's a huge compliment to any podcast keep up the good work thank you so much there's a lot i um i didn't read out from francis's lovely yeah email. and not that you know also daisy i really appreciate your email as well um so both daisy and francis thank you for your emails i um i read them both and very kind but yeah francis some of the things you say very 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 nice so thank you it helps to um it's sort of like an antidote to the to the ones that are saying oh really they're trying to be well, it, it, it helps to get gary off you know the balcony he's about to jump i said we've got an email Luckily, I don't have a balcony or I would always be on it. But <laughs> I'm joking. But it's so lovely. Um, I'm really I'm really pleased that you're getting some comfort from these shows and they, they act as a nice companion to um, your journey that you're going to go on now. <laughs> so why did we not start Series 1, Gary? Uh, good question. Well, I think we decided at the time that we both know Series 1, but I think Series 2 is where a lot of people start. 
and it's more well known and we know it better. So I think we could do it justice to go. And I think our decision was to kind of go through series two if the podcast ever took off and we're still waiting for that to happen. But go through series two, <laughs> maybe go through series three and four and then revisit series one afterwards. But I, th- I, f- I felt series two was a better point to start. Carl talks more. As we know it, it's more of a completed show. Now, it would have been very interesting to start on series one as well. And we certainly will go back there. As to Francis's other question, what will we do when we get to the end of series two? Probably, yes, go on to series three, four, and then back to one. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll be in the double figures for listeners <laughs> But by that time. But, yeah, no, so so um, anyway, I will say this. Miles is eating fish and chips. I'm, gonna, oh, yeah, no. I'm, outing, I'm outing you on air. He's eating the fish and chips as we speak. So um, he's got his meal. Hope you enjoyed the show, guys. Is there anything else, Miles, you want to say? No, I think I've done. Because um, there's so many times I go to do uh, an intro, like a like a like a polished intro, which is not me. I'm not polished on it at all, and I don't want to be. But I do, and you, you're like, oh no, no, I've got I've got this 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 feature. I'm going to play a song. I'm going to do. No, that was well. beautifully wrapped up. We, can I just say, podcast news, guys. We're going to have a little break next week. We're not going to be doing a show next week. However, yeah. the following week, Gary and I will be actually meeting in person. We're going to go. For a day out in Brighton, we have met before. In like, it sounded like we'd never <laughs> met then. We have, we obviously we haven't we haven't met for six months because of COVID. But yeah, so it's going to be quite quite the afternoon, isn't it? Quite the afternoon, quite absolutely. The afternoon. I'm 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 my liver is already you know screaming. Please don't. Uh, do- me but um no it should be good and so we're going to do a uh, dutch or otherwise then because it's kind of like it's almost a reunion show for us and we're going to just chat more around what's going on for us we will be back to doing d trout spinners the following week possibly by skype possibly i might come up to london Uh, we're gonna i think from now on once we've met once we'll be meeting more regularly but we will still be doing shows over skype from time to time because we found it a really useful medium for when when we can't meet so and the way things are going it seems like there's going to be mm. some sort of more lockdown of pubs and things so and we can only meet in a pub it's pathetic <laughs> isn't it like 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 a pub's lockdown i was like oh well you know the library's open the park you know it doesn't yeah matter. so we're not meeting but um what are you, yeah, you so, going to have to drink um same same thing i don't drink every week brain is <laughs> yeah. um, thinking yeah the i know a large glass uh, of house white wine, please. A large glass. Although there was, there is a pub in London that we we go. Mars took me to, and basically it's quite a nice pub. It's it's off our way. It's quite a walk, and uh, they don't do large glasses of wine. They only do medium. That's and Mars loves going to that pub. He's <laughs> always like, can we go to that pub? Because his rounds cost much less, but I don't get as much wine. So anyway, yeah. we're we're it's not as bad as the fences in Farringdon where every round's fourteen quid. No, it's. 1490 or yeah, something. Yeah, what were we thinking? They, like, we, do, we, and we sit in a shed, literally. There's a shed outside and we sit in it. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to that. Um, everyone, do get in touch with us, usual ways. Spinnersp